selfs vandag met twee beautiful mense, Annes en Olga. Annes Nel is bekend in Zuid-Afrika as skrywer, hy was betrokken hier by klomp gemeentes en later by universiteit gewerk en later in Namibie gewees en op die ouwe het hulle in Noord-Ierland beland en uiteindelik in Rusland. Hulle woont thans in St. Petersburg waar Annes docent is en hulle het een baie, baie interessante levensverhaal en een beautiful aansteeklike passie vir die lewe. Dis so lekker om tyd met hulle te spandeer. Dis moes maar tyd keer net so, dat sekere mense energize jou net. Dis asof hulle net die positieve energie het. Hulle is so opgewonde oor die lewe, hulle staan vol verwondering en hulle was met een groepie studente, Russiese theologie studente op een toer in die kaap en ek het hulle daar ontmoet en ek het gesê, joch, ek wil net graag met hulle twee gesels oor hulle levensverhaal in die pad waar die heren met hulle gestap. Die lijn is so bykie sleg, ons het gezoom en so hier en daar het die lijn opgedroog en het goed is die dialoog, want daar was weer die delay op dit, want ons betek is saam gepraat, ek het van hy goed probeer uit edit, maar jy sal tussenin hoor die mooie verhaal en die aansteeklike passie van Annes en Olga. Enjoy! Anis, I want to start with you. Um, just tell me a little bit of what you are doing now. You are you are living in Russia and you are teaching also the uh, uh, practical theology, if I've got it right, but you actually trained in systematic theology. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've been uh, teaching practical theology the last 18 months, probably there. Um I'm in service of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland there. Uh, I'm an ordained minister of the Dutch Reformed Church, and I'm still on the list to be called, but I'm too old now to be called. <laughs> in any case, so, <clears throat> um, uh, so I'm in service of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland where I served for 12 12 years. Uh, so the Senate uh, sent us there for five years. It's at the Christian University in St. Petersburg, uh, which is uh, about 31 years old now. And uh, it's uh, specifically training uh, people for ministry in some form. And what are you doing now in Namibia? Uh, it's sort of the back end of the, the tour, uh, uh, which was a mission trip that some of the, the students uh, uh, took. It's, uh, they, they were originally going to Cambodia, and then uh, COVID came, and they, they couldn't go. So I said, uh, we can always try to do something to South Africa and Namibia. And the original plan was that we would go to Namibia, but uh, eventually we know that God has guided us away from that. And we are very, very blessed that we went to South Africa, uh, to Worcester, uh, where we saw the hands and the feet of the church uh, during time of COVID. And uh, then uh, some of them uh, returned after that. Um, you know, after we've been to Worcester and Eisterplatz and Grotekerk and all those places where, where uh, the, the students were exposed to cross-cultural work. 
and uh, what the church did uh, and uh, is still doing in in this time for those communities who are uh, underprivileged. Uh, so we um, we sent some of them back um, because they couldn't afford to come to Namibia as well. Uh, and um, so we are here. We we're we're trying to show them something of the country uh, uh, here in Namibia in five days. <laughs> tell me a little bit about the the students that you have there with you. Maybe you can say something about them. Uh, the students are all over Russia. Some of them are from Siberia. Others from Ural area which is between European and Asian part of Russia, some from the south of Russia, from Crimea, very famous Crimea. So we have students all over Russia and they're just lovely. They're so excited to be in South Africa and in Namibia now. They absolutely enjoyed every moment of what we did there. They've never been to... Um, They've never been exposed to anything like that. They're so impressed what the church has been doing in South Africa. And in, in Russia, uh, I heard you saying, uh, honest, that the, the Protestant church is seen still as a sect. It's a, it's a bit of a yeah. no-no. Well, there's a there's a, the Orthodox Church is obviously the the mainline church, the the main uh, church. Um, anything that's not Orthodox uh, is considered to be sectarian. So it doesn't matter whether you're Baptist, Reformed, um, Pentecostal, Charismatic. You, you you're considered to be a sect. Um, but but um, there is a there is a growing number of people joining these churches, um, and they are a little bit under pressure. Um, not uh, persecution, uh, but there are some some marginalizing or restrictions on what they can do. Um, but it's it's not open uh, open discrimination. Uh, it's it's sort of more. What can I say? Underlying things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if you speak to someone there, and you and they ask what you're doing, and you say you're teaching at the university, and you mention it's the Christian University in Saint Petersburg for Protestant people, immediately they they wonder about you. <laughs> uh, who are you? I studied only Stellenbosch. Oh. Um, BA at Michi, at Mission at those days, at Michi. Uh, then I did an honors degree in Semitic languages, then Stellenbosch Quirk School, uh, and um, did a master's in Old Testament and then moved to systematic theology. We both studied a little bit at UNISA as well. We did an um, honors degree in psychology. So that we did later in our life, you know, we're, we're almost dead already, but, <laughs> but we, we decided to broaden our horizons a little bit. What happened? How did you get from Stavambosch to, to Russia? 
Okay, from Stellenbosch, my first church was in, in Priska in the Northern Cape. Um, and then um, uh, I went to Vintuk, I went to University of Namibia at that stage. Um, and then we moved to KwaZulu-Natal, where, where I taught at the Uni University of Zululand. Um, and then I had a, a postgraduate student from Northern Ireland there, and uh, he was returning to Northern Ireland uh, after working in South Africa. Uh, and I uh, and, he, and he said, we've got a big shortage of ministers in Northern Ireland. So we, we then explored that after a year or two and left um, and went to Northern Ireland to the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, where we were in two congregations. And then uh, something very strange happened. <laughs> uh, it's not strange. It's always all in God's plan. Uh, we went to buy groceries for August. Uh, let, me, let me take yeah. over now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, uh, so we had been in the... <laughs> yeah. We had been in the uh, Presbyterian Church in Ireland for about 10 years, the, so last church, the last church, two churches before, and then the last one about 10 years, and everything was good, it was fine, but Anna started to feel um, a bit, <laughs> he wanted another challenge, maybe before we retire, in before you retire in seven years, and but we prayed about it, and we were not sure if we wanted if God wanted us to stay on in the church, to take it on until retirement, or he wanted us somewhere else to use Anna's. Uh, and we just prayed that, God, please, if you want us somewhere else, we just bring it to our doorstep because we're not going to look for anything else. But uh, when we were in Russia visiting my family, my mom, so we were on the way to the grocery shop. And then Anna remembered that on the opposite side of the street. It was a university, a Christian university. He used to work uh, to, to teach uh, 18 or 20 years ago. So he wanted to see old friends there. <laughs> and um, I was not sure about that, but eventually we went there and we met the rector there. We didn't meet our friends. But we were not, we were not, we were not uh, really wanting to see anybody. No, we just wanted to no. see if uh, someone is still there. Yeah. And uh, so we we were sort of ushered into the yeah. director's office. We didn't want to see him. We were kind of resisting that. But <laughs> eventually he asked, so what we were doing? And Anna said he just wanted to see old friends. And he said, why? He said, because I was teaching here long ago. And he said, what you were teaching? And Anna said, systematic theology. And, you know, the reaction of the rector was, I will never forget. He said, oh, yes, you can't believe it. But not only in our university, but in the whole of Russia, we don't have one person who can teach systematic theology on the doctorate level. And we have been praying for years that God will send us someone. So that was So I, I then said that's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, so where, uh, where are you now? I said, I'm a minister in uh, Presbyterian Church in Ireland. He said, but you're not from there. I said, no, I'm from South Africa. 
He said, well, that is amazing. Where did you study? I said, uh, at Stellenbosch University in South Africa. He said, that's just amazing. He said, there's an agreement between the Russian and uh, South African governments to, to recognize each other's qualifications directly. You don't have to go through all the rigmarole of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of that. Yeah. And then he said, and you're married to a Russian, uh, so you can get residency here. <laughs> so I said, it's all very interesting, but let's go now. <laughs> and so we left. Uh, and he walked into a, an office there and he uh, said to a girl there, uh, do you remember someone from Namibia, South Africa, taught here uh, some years ago? And the girl turned around and without hesitation said, yes, it was Honest Nell. <laughs> and I looked at the girl and I recognized her. And when we walked out, uh, I turned to Olga and I said, um, this was a divine it wasn't a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, we need to attend to this because mm-hmm. we just knew at that yeah. very moment yeah. we that knew. this is what God put uh, yeah. on our doorstep and yeah. we need to deal yeah. with that. So yeah. mm. I contacted the, the um, secretary of the uh, Global Council, uh, Global Mission, mm. uh, Global Council for Mission in, in, uh, of our denomination there. And I said, I know you're not keen on any new relationships with other organizations. And if I waste your time, please tell me so. But this is what happened. And he came back the next day and said, we would like to have a a discussion about this. And uh, it went very quickly. After that, then very quickly. They got very excited about that. So they supported us. Within... Mm -hmm. uh, Nine months. Yeah, we were we were away. Mm. Uh, and you know, it's such um, in Russia. At first, after Perestroika, Russia was so open for foreigners. A lot of missionaries, a lot of lecturers, teachers came from the West to plant new churches, to open seminaries or universities. But now it's a different story. Now Russia closing the doors for the foreigners to come from the West. You know, people coming from the Western countries or from America, they have to prove their qualifications, translate their dissertations into Russian. So it's 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 really, really difficult for them. Or they're not given visas to come. But to South Africa, they are very open. So because we are friendly, <laughs> Russia and South Africa. So it's amazing how God works, you know, just the right time for us. But also... Uh, a few years previously, before we moved to Russia, I uh, it was a course at the University of Belfast, um, Ulster University, uh, uh, Queen's University, Queen's University, in interpreting, and it was just one year. It was Russian English pair of languages, and somehow I felt I wanted to do it. I did it, but I never used it because when I finished it, I felt, I said, I prayed to God. I said, I want to use it only in the Christian settings, nowhere else. So I forgot about it. And about after about three or four years, now we got the call and now I can 
we can uh, serve together. I'm translating the lecturers of my husband. So we're working as a team now. That's amazing how God just organized it all. It's interesting because uh, what she doesn't say, it was a master's degree and she did she did that. And because uh, she had this, uh, she, she's a trained, trained engineer actually, but because she has this uh, qualification from UNISA as well, mm -hmm. uh, honors in psychology, she could be admitted to a master's program in, mm. in the UK. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she did a dissertation on the, least, uh, the use of religious language in the post-communist mm. uh, situation because there was a lot of anti-religious propaganda and it, uh, it had a huge emotional impact on people's minds. And uh, even if they heard specific language, uh, it would put them off immediately. Um, so uh, soon after she finished uh, the, the course Freedom in Christ, um, contacted her and asked if she could translate the course into Russian, mm -hmm. which, uh, which Olga did uh, over a period of about nine months, mm -hmm. about nine months. It was a, a big, big mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. And then it went quiet, and this is then the next, the next step. Yeah. Uh, okay. but, a, but a big part, uh, Anis and Olga, of this story is the fact that the two of you are together, and I'd, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Well, uh, someone, I always say that she was looking for me because <laughs> someone, uh, some, someone committed fraud on my credit card because our church had uh, um, supported some, some uh, missionaries in Russia. What church was uh, this? So I took, uh, I took, I took uh, the Academia Church in Vintage. Um So we, um, we took several groups uh, to Russia and one of these groups they committed someone committed fraud on my on my credit card and was fired um, and Olga was hired um, because after perestroika many things uh, just uh, disintegrated and she worked for this tourist company and so she was literally looking for me when we arrived as a group ask everybody who, who am I because she needed to organize a meeting between me and the mm -hmm. director of the company. Mm -hmm. So that's what I said. She looked for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we met. And uh, we've, we've, uh, we've been together for 18 years now. So uh, it's, been a, uh, it's, it's been a very interesting journey because um, when I met Olga, I, th I thought she was a, a Christian. And I thought I was a Christian. <laughs> but she was, uh, uh, she grew up as an atheist um, in, a, in a very materialistic kind of. Yeah, um, no, during uh, Soviet times, um, basically almost 90% of the people were atheists. Uh, we were um, brought up that way and it was total anti-religious propaganda. I couldn't believe that people could believe in anything supernatural. So that was the way I was brought up. Uh, my parents were in the Communist Party. I was in the Young Communist League. So we were all like that. But then after Perestroika, everything changed like overnight. 
Now we came back to our former identity of Russian Orthodox people. Now everybody is Russian Orthodox in Russia. So people go to church, they put the candle on, not knowing what it is about, just, just out of the culture. And I thought I was, I am wearing a cross, so I thought I'm a Christian. <laughs> but only when I met Anderson, when we got married, I realized um, it's not the case. I know nothing and uh, I don't have relation. I just didn't believe in God at all. So now many Russians, they believe they're Christians, but they don't believe, they don't believe in the re reality of God. And several things happened, you know, to, mm -hmm. to make her aware of the fact that God is real yeah. and that he's alive and that he answers prayer mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that he directs our ways in, in uh, mm -hmm. absolutely mysterious and wonderful ways. Mm -hmm. And we, we saw that. Yeah. Uh, and we see it now that mm -hmm. uh, there is no other place mm -hmm. where God wants us to be mm -hmm. um, than where we are now. And it's just just yeah. amazing um, yeah. uh, that that's the way God guides our mm. paths. And he uses past experiences, past training mm. um, to to serve his purposes. And we, we're so, we're delighted about that. But also yeah. struggles and hardships and uh, suffering. Yeah. Uh, mm. We had it all. Mm. So, but God is using it. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who's married will know what hardship is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see those uh, students, uh, you've got a very deep connection with them, uh, honestly. I think you were, you, you were in 60 the other day and they made some speeches and I was pro I was privileged to look at some of those speeches. And I turned 62. I turned 62. Very <laughs> <Is that> good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I turned 62, so I'm much older. Oh, than. <laughs> oh, 62. oh yeah, that's a lot older. Yeah. <laughs> no, they seem uh, amazing students. And um, uh, do they come from Protestant backgrounds, most of those students? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. they, they grew up as Protestants, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so some of them are Baptists, some Pentecostal, some Charismatics. Um, uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a very, very interesting group because it's an interdenominational uh, university. So mm -hmm. anybody can study there. Mm -hmm. And many of the Protestant churches would be a little bit exclusive uh, in, mm -hmm. in what they, mm -hmm. but bringing them all together yeah. uh, helps them to understand that there, there is more than there denomination and mm. and we see it uh they really live together very well because mm. they some of them live on the campus uh mm. in the in the dormitories there yeah. um so in, interesting uh people and you should remember that their training is recognized in europe and in south africa but not in russia mm. Yeah, for the churches, it's acceptable, but for the state, it means nothing. Although we are licensed by the state, they check our curriculum. They check that uh, the standards are, 
good enough for a tertiary institution. They come and do inspections, but they do not recognize what the degree that they get. Um, so they take out uh, three and four years of their lives and get a qualification in theology that means nothing in the eyes of the state. And only serve the church. Few of yes. them will be pastors. The, yeah. red, uh, the rest will not. Uh, yeah, some of them just do it for their personal enrichment. You know, yeah. So. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure, I think it, it must be uh, exceptional challenges that they face. Um, and I see there's a lot of women in, the, in, the, in that group uh, that's studying. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is great because you still have the very traditional view uh, that um, males should be pastors. There was one of the students actually said the other day, he doesn't know of any woman who wants to become a pastor. And then <laughs> two or three of yeah. them said we would all like to become pastors. <laughs> and so yeah, so uh, there are actually women pastors in in Russia. Uh, Not many, yeah. But, but uh, in Pentecostal. A big uh -huh. uh, uh, charismatic or Pentecostal Pentecostal church, uh -huh. church in St. Petersburg uh -huh. with a uh -huh. with a woman as a pastor. So uh -huh. which is encouraging. Uh -huh. I've I've read a lot of Tolstoy in my life, uh, honest, and I, I actually uh -huh. you in Cape Town, I wanna ask, wanted to ask you. Um, I, I remember what somebody told me they said uh, uh, after the persecution and so on, they said they they took our Bibles, but they left us Tolstoy. Do Tolstoy's, the writings of Tolstoy still play quite a role there in the uh, in the teachings yes. in Russia? Does he have an influence? What he, what he, especially Tolstoy. Tolstoy. Oh, Tolstoy. Uh, yes, no, we love Tolstoy. We uh, studied at school. Everybody studies his works at school. But uh, Orthodox Church considers him to be almost like heretic, mm. so not totally um, on the right side of Christianity. They, they rejected him, the Orthodox Church. They, they excommunicated him. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. okay, no, but but uh, he's, he's a great writer, and we all study him at school, and we all know War and Peace and the rest. That part, uh, War and Peace is about love. Yeah, I just found that really interesting. I want to ask you, uh, Anas, you uh, you wrote quite a lot of books, and I think you were quite well known in South Africa for for your writing. Um, tell us a little bit about it. This, uh, how many books did you write? It's like twenty or something. Am I correct? About twenty. Yeah, about twenty. I would say. Um, um, yeah, it, it started when I was a student. Uh, where we we did a um, when a, a sort of devotional thing for Prof. Heilige David. <laughs> he was uh, our, our dean at that stage. Uh, he was retiring, so so I uh, was the editor of this this sort of devotional. We we asked all the. We asked about 370 ministers to write in it uh, with uh, with varied success. <laughs> but in any case, so we we um, 
we published that. And then after that, I, I wrote quite a few. I wrote IDB for for three years. Uh, and then I started to write some books on the one. One was on depression about my own struggle with it as well. The one I think that caused maybe the most um, interest interest was Opsuk na God by Tiri Kerk, which was um, distributed uh, apparently to all the NG pastors in South Africa um, by a donor. And uh, I heard that someone was on the pulpit somewhere in the Northern Cape, uh, you know, telling people not to buy this book which was a very good advertisement for the book. <laughs> but uh, but it was not, you know, uh, it, it was not meant to be criticism uh, against the church as body of Christ. Uh, I, I closed the book by saying that God is my father and therefore the church is my mother. And even if church must be, I use, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't love the church and I, I love the Dutch Reformed Church and I love the church in general. One of the, the, the nicest things that, uh, that I could be involved in was the translation of, uh, which I translated into Afrikaans. Uh, that was a, a big job just as I arrived in Northern Ireland. I think it's what uh, disciples course, um, and and uh, Claude Fossler who just uh, died. Um, uh, I um, I worked with him uh, on that, and uh, that was that was a wonderful experience, you know, to to actually translate it into Afrikaans. Uh, so it was. Yeah, I, I don't get time at the moment to write anything um, because I'm only work, <laughs> working on, on uh, course, new courses for this university. And then um, Olga has to translate it and uh, we're, we're uh, I, I hope to restart something in a, yeah. in a year or two again. We have done three semesters and each semester it's a new course. <laughs> so it's quite challenging, but, but very interesting, very fulfilling. Is it taking twice the time to teach that, uh, that session? Yes. Yes, it takes twice the time as well. Yeah. Um, so it's quite, it's quite tiring because uh, I have to say it in English and Olga has to say it in Russian and then the questions will come in Russian and I have to answer it in English. <laughs> and, and then back and forward. Back so. and forth. It's almost um, strange to me to speak uninterrupted, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to, to yeah. preach uninterrupted because yeah. it's, uh, uh, I'm sort of very used to it now that... Mm -hmm things are translated and so on. Uh, my visa restricts me. I cannot teach outside the, the borders of St. Uh, Petersburg, uh, the province of St. Petersburg, the, the region of St. Petersburg, uh, until I get permanent residence. Uh, but with COVID, it just 
the doors just flung open so I, I could teach right into Siberia, uh, which is just wonderful. Um, uh, so, yeah, so we have master students, uh, a group of master students, and then uh, undergraduate. Uh, we, we are working on a, on a uh, agreement with Stellenbosch University at the moment uh, for postgraduate studies. Uh, and and so that's in an advanced stage. It's now at the international office mm -hmm. of the university. Do you still have connections with the congregations in South Africa and in Namibia? Do they support you? Or do you still have uh, mm -hmm. connections? No, they don't support. No, they don't support us, and we we. We don't expect them to, uh, the, the, uh, the, because the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, they support us. They, we're, we're in their service. Uh, but we have many friends in South Africa and Namibia uh, from previous churches, especially the one in Namibia. Uh, I have many friends still there, and they, uh, they take a keen interest in, in what we're doing. Um, so, uh, but we don't expect any any support. Mm -hmm. What is wonderful about this uh, this mission trip is that we received uh, a very sizable donation from uh, from someone in in the church where I was in Winterk, uh to help the students to be able to come. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was an individual, uh, and and uh, I've brought. Quite, quite a number of groups to Namibia from, uh, from Northern Ireland um, to work in the townships in Katatura and so on. Uh, and every time they stayed with members of our church uh, where, where I was in, in Lintuk. So people are very, very open and, and friendly still. What was the reaction of your students? Uh, I met them briefly there in, in, in Cape Town and they visited some of those projects. Uh, what was the reaction to what they've, they've seen there in, uh, in South Africa and also now in, in Namibia? Um, no, they, they, they are very, very impressed what the church has been doing in social issues, you know, in South Africa, you have a lot of social issues, but also political issues about reconciliation. So they're just so impressed how much church is reaching out. It seems in Russia, the churches are more inward looking. They are trying to like to survive in the more hostile atmosphere towards them. But here they were so impressed how much church is involved in helping the poor in during COVID times and helping the former in rehabilitation centers, former drug addicts or gangsters. It's been just amazing. They they really go back now and they would like to um Tell the people, tell the churches what's going on here and maybe to be able to do something like that in Russia as well. What, what one of the students did, uh, I, I'll send it to you, uh, but he, he said what, what was something that he takes back to Russia is that the church that was involved 
with the giving the foundation to apartheid mm. is uh, the same church that is now uh, doing uh, what is right reconciliation uh, doing yeah. uh, with with reconciliation mm. which which is important you know because yeah. uh, you don't have to be stuck in the past uh, and and uh, you can move forward and and do restitution in in mm -hmm. some way mm -hmm. so that was something that they 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 just uh, they they you should remember many of them are young students so they they didn't even have the faintest idea what apartheid meant mm -hmm. uh, or so or at school a bit of, a bit of history but to see the reality mm -hmm. of of the division that took place we'll see in their in 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 the townships and so on. It it is it is just um, it just brought it to home. One one of the people said, "I've heard about it, but now I saw it, and uh, you know how big the divide is between rich and poor." Um, and uh, and it really touched people. Uh, I remember the first morning when we. Uh, spoke about reconciliation. It was absolutely powerful. Powerful, mm. because Hans Stein, Neil's father, you know, uh, said that in order for us to go out into these communities to see what's going on there, we need to understand what the context is. And this is the context. The context is. We were a divided community, and we uh, there's a lot of hurt uh, that that's uh, that's there, and and people from those communities actually spoke to to us. Mm. Uh, one person was part of the Nkontisiswe. Uh, he he spoke to us, uh, and 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 he just brought home how big the division was and what people actually are willing to forgive. Mm. Um, but also the church that uh, the church may gave the foundation for apartheid that the church can be wrong as well uh, but also recognize it's wrong later because mm. Russian Protestant churches are quite young. Only Baptist churches, maybe Pentecostals a bit older. But most of the churches uh, were founded after Perestroika, just like 30 years ago. They're quite young and they're quite idealistic. So they, they needed to see that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. That's, uh, but it's interesting times eh, to just imagine that the people from Russia are coming to look at what the church in South Africa, what the, the Dutch Reformed Church in South Africa is doing and considering the, the whole apartheid system. It's, there's so much irony in that and, and it's actually a lot of beauty also in, in that. Isn't? We actually fought the Russians in, 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 uh, in Angola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I remember when we got married, some people said, I, I could never imagine that I would sit around the table mm. with a Russian. Mm. Uh, That's and true. Uh, what I say is, 
you know, the, the world, uh, uh, the people do not know the Russians uh, and uh, the kind-hearted people they are. The people just like us, they love the Lord. They want to do what is good. And um, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoy it being there um, uh, amongst them. And uh, they, they have become sort of my new family, uh, um, you know, as, as, as a Christian. Uh, and I feel it's a wonderful atmosphere at the university. What the future holds, we don't know, because uh, the, the Presbyterian Church in Ireland will support us there until retirement age. Um, and then, um, then the, the support will stop because that's just how it works. Uh, and uh, they may be willing to, to maybe do it one, one more year after that. But it depends on whether we feel that the job is done what we had to do and whether we still have physical strength and emotional strength at that stage. Um, but uh, it's, uh, we, we still have about three and a half years left there. Um, and um, the main task is to, to raise up uh, someone who can basically take, take over uh, this subject field. Um, I, I would love to teach systematic theology, but <laughs> for some reason, uh, they feel that because I've been in ministry for more than 30 years, uh, that I can help a lot with the practical theology part. No, not but, only uh, that. But, not only that. But I, I mean, it was a field that I had to read a lot. Yeah. Again, you know, Hans of and Osmer and uh, Jan Albert van der Berg uh, is one of my friends. He's in, 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 uh, at the Free State University. I spoke to him. I spoke to Kuni Berger. I spoke to uh, Jurgens Hendricks. I, I, <laughs> just uh, Malan Nell. Just, just help me here. I, I'm drowning. <laughs> so, so it helped. Uh, and I got a lot of material uh, from them. And it's, it's for the students, it's fresh. It's fresh material because they haven't had any, they, 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 we, they were taught some of the skills aspects, like a little bit of homiletics, how to preach and so on, a bit of pastoral care, but never the theology and the theory uh, behind practical theology. But also, uh, nobody could teach it in Russia because there is not one book in Russian on practical theology. So mm. it's only Anas who could do that because he could use uh, English material or Dutch. Some courses he's translating from Dutch into English and then I'm from English to Russian. So it's quite challenging. But he was the only one who could do that. And now we can understand why you know, they asked us to teach practical theology, not systematic. So God brought us here under the pretense of systematic theology, but... Yeah, I would love uh, that, you know, I would really want God to 
to do that for me yeah. as well. <laughs> but but there's a season for everything, yeah. and it seems this is the season for the uh, for the university mm-hmm. to tap as much as possible yeah. now while we're there. And now we need to write. You need to write the first uh, book, teaching book in practical theology in Russia. I want to ask you one or two last questions because the time is. Uh, what's what's happening? What, yeah. what are your plans now for the next few days with those students? No, not much. We we take them uh, to see some animals. Uh, uh, they, yesterday uh, we go to Itosha. So uh, yesterday when we drove past. A few zebras. They wanted me to stop the car, and said, "Let let's just take photographs of the zebras." I said, "Listen, when you get to Itosha later on, you will say, not another zebra. We've seen we've seen enough." <laughs> so uh, we we're taking them there, and then after Itosha, I'm taking them back to uh, to Ventuk, and then they fly from there. Uh, back to Russia. So we just wanted to show them a bit of Africa. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. We don't know when again they will be able to come here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much, Anis and Olga. It was so nice the other day to chat with you um, in Cape Town and also now in this uh, this short interview. And uh, it's really inspiring to, to meet both of you, to hear your story and uh, to see what you're doing there in Russia. I hope next time when you visit South Africa, we'll also spend some time in Pretoria and <laughs> that we can see eye to eye a bit more. Where, where, is, where is Pretoria? <laughs> it's also another country <laughs> for us. And I also I think for Neil and for Vainant and the guys there in Cape Town, sometimes just to, to see uh, what, you know, the, the little attempt that there is through the eyes of other people, or even the just the, the church story or what's happening, and just to imagine what it must look like for a visitor. That's a that's an eye-opening experience. But I think that I mean, you, you also you're involved with you're carrying with you. You know, that's really really very inspiring. Uh, just in the in the relationship that you have right there, and I could see the effect of that on your students. So so thank you for that testimony also. I think, I think sometimes you lose sight of the importance of what you're doing, mm. and the the students saw that, you mm. know. And maybe it's like uh, you doing just your job every day, and you know it's difficult and so on. But it had a massive impact yeah. on them. Yeah. It's life changing for them. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Well, God bless you, and thank you very much. Thank you, Jan. Thank you.